It's time for the moment you've been waiting for. You're listening to Getting Bullied, a Flyers hockey podcast. Now crank it up and rip the knob. Boy, that escalated quickly. Podcast partner of phillyisflyer.com. This is Getting Bullied. Mark Ginone and Dan Silver with you once again. Dan, what's going on, my friend? Not much, man. Uh, what is this I hear? You might open up the season of the uh, DL, like an upper body injury. Yeah, uh, unlike the Flyers and the rest of the NHL, I'll disclose my injury. Dealing with a, uh, I guess what the doctors are calling a broken wrist from some uh, some events from over the weekend. I guess I went a little too hard and I, uh, you know. I guess I, I lost a fight with a curb. Let's just put it that way. Maybe a few too many um, fireball shots. No, no, no. I'm done with the fireball. I had bad experience oh. with that a few years ago. It was the captain and Coke that got me this time. Oh, the captain's a killer. Yeah, shout out to my bartender Janine down at Flip Flops in Wildwood. Who It was more captain than Coke, and I think that's what did me in. <laughs> uh, well, you'll you'll push through it, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, I could actually use a couple more captains of Coke after watching um, the first two periods of this last preseason. Well, not this last one, but uh, the sixth preseason game for the Flyers. Um, as it stands right now, unless things have changed, the Bruins are up three nothing. Well, it's no, been... Elliot. Elliot just gave up another bad goal as you were talking. Oh, wonderful. So it's 4 nothing yeah. now. Yeah, it's and a bad, that's... Turn, bad turnover by Haig uh, led to Bruins with a, a one-timer from the slot. I guess it was a, you know, not many goals you're going to stop it. But, yeah, so now it's 4 nothing. Well, that's playing tremendous. Flyers, most of their regulars, and they're playing against uh, – the Bruins may have three or four guys who are going to be on the NHL roster. So Yeah, not to, um, not to put it all on you, but you, I guess, jinxed the team because you put out a tweet before the game that said the Flyers should crush this team with the roster that the Bruins threw out there, and oh, that, it's well, been anything but. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've talked about it so many times in the past, that the Flyers' goalie situation is just horrendous. It's been horrendous for, you know, years now, especially uh, more so in recent years when you're going when you're throwing out guys like, you know, Neuwirth and Elliott. Norworth, of course, hurt again. Stop me if you've heard that before. Elliot looks like he's not even remotely close to being ready for this season to start in a week and a half. And it's, it looks like we're going into the season with the same, you know, just dreck and bullshit at the goalie position that we've come accustomed to at this point. Yeah, I mean, I, right, we, we heard all these reports about how Michael Neuwirth was, like, in the best shape of his life, and he's been you know, training in Philadelphia and he's been doing yoga every day. And, uh, and of course he gets injured before he even plays in a preseason game, like injured in the, uh, in a practice or the warmups for a uh, preseason game. And, you know, Brian Elliott, who was coming off of, he had surgery in February and then he had surgery again after the season was over, both related to, you know, kind of like hip and core, uh, core body injuries and shockingly you've got a 33 year old goalie who had uh, two surgeries in the last seven months and he doesn't quite look like he's in top form here as the uh, season draws close I mean there's only two preseason games left after tonight the first preseason game he played in he played 20 minutes and did not look good tonight 
he gave up a couple goals that I think me or you would have stopped. He's been in for the whole game so far. They're clearly trying to get him as much work as possible, and the Bruins are up for nothing. Now, I mean, he's you know he's he's looked okay, but you know you need he still looks like his mobility is not completely there, and you just can't go into the season with with a guy who just doesn't look like he's a hundred percent. So you've got Neuwirth injured, Elliott's still coming back from injury. And it's questionable even when he is healthy how good he is. Um, and, you know, then Alex Lyon got injured. People were talking about him maybe as a possible backup. He's injured. He's out for a month. So you're basically down to, health-wise, you're down to Brian Elliott, who, again, doesn't look that healthy, but he's playing. Uh, Anthony Stolarz, who played in four games last year in the AHL and ECHL level because he was – basically nursing his knee back to health. He's had a couple knee surgeries in the last few years. And they're talking about Stolarz as possibly being the backup to Elliott. But everybody knows that to this point, the best goaltender in camp has been Carter Hart. Right. And, you know, all offseason we're talking about, will they give Hart a chance to play in the NHL this year? Well, obviously he won't start the season with the Flyers, but maybe if there's injuries he could, you know, come up midseason. Now you've got a scenario where he's been the best goalie in camp. He's touted as the savior for this organization. And, you know, you can you get the sense that Hextall clearly does not want to start this kid in the NHL. But right now, he might be the Flyers' best chance of winning games early in the season. So, you know, I maybe they go out and try and sign or trade for a goalie or maybe a goalie gets put on waivers as teams cut from three to two goalies and have to send someone to the AHL. But, I mean, some of the options are Corey Lettman, who's been a pretty good goalie in years past. Uh, Dallas had him, and they, they did not bring him back. And so Lettman is a unrestricted free agent. Nobody wanted him in the offseason. I don't know what kind of shape he's in. He could be a possibility. Steve Mason is a guy that people have talked about. He's an unrestricted free agent. Had a terrible year last year. Had some concussions and injuries. I think the ship has sailed on – Steve Mason coming back to the Flyers. I mean, I think the bridges were burned with him, so I can't see him coming back. And then there's guys like Calvin Picard, for example, for the Maple Leafs. He he was projected maybe to be the backup, but now it looks like Garrett Sparks might be the backup. So Picard might get put on waivers in the next few days, so maybe the Flyers go after him. You know, or you could make a trade for someone. But, um, you know, it's uh, it's a bad situation with, with how these goalies look. And if they don't want to go to Carter Hart, I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, at this point, from what you've heard or from what everyone's heard from Ron Hextall this offseason, when you hear him say that, you know, he wants this team to make a jump, he expects them to take the next step. If the players in camp are good enough, if they play well enough, then they and they deserve to be on the team to start the season, then they should. And then I, I, I hear those things from him, and I can't help but think that he's going to just contradict that when it comes to Carter Hart. And you're right, he's been the best goalie in camp to this point. The Flyers, it's so imperative for the Flyers to start hot and to start on a good foot for this season because if the goalie situation is going to look like this all season, they're going to need all the points they can get as early as they can get them. You don't want to be in a situation like you've been in the last two or three years to where you're fighting till the last game of the season to scrounge together whatever points you can to make the playoffs. So they, it's really, it's so huge for them to come out and you know get get a nice get a nice winning streak together. You know, I'm not saying you go out there you ring off six seven in a row, but they need they need to have you know 
in the first month of the season, they need to be above 500 with their record. And Carter Hart right now probably gives you the best chance at doing that. You can't, it's, you know, it's the time to screw around is, is long passed over with this goalie situation. If he's playing as well as he is in camp and in the preseason, if you think, if they sit down and they have a conversation with him and it seems like he's in the right place mentally, when you look at the landscape of your goalie room, you have to just say, look, this is what we have to do. It may be earlier than we wanted to do it, but we have three or four unreliable guys in front of him, and at this point, he is our only chance to come out in, 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 in a pivotal season for the franchise and put something special together. And if you're going to go out there and if Anthony Stolarz is your backup to start the season to Brian Elliott, you can't tell me as a fan that that's something that I should be excited for and that I should be optimistic about that goalie situation because it's, it's dreadful. Now, watching this game, the Flyers' offense isn't all that – they're not playing all that great right now in this game. I mean, they have the Bruins have a guy that's probably not going to make the team who's just shutting the door on them left and right, at, you know, as it currently stands. And but that, but that, we expect the offense to be where it needs to be for the season. That's why they went out and got JVR because they added a, his scoring prowess to young guys like Konechny and Patrick, and then of course your veteran solid core in Voracek, Giroux. And Couturier. So the goalies is the, the goalie is the problem right now, and that is what's going to be such a huge detriment to this team. And that's why I think they just have to set Carter Hart loose, put him out there, and you know, it just basically say, "Hey, it's sink or swim." And we, we, you know, we know we have a lot riding on you. We're putting a lot of pressure on you, but we think you're that damn good, and we expect you to go out there and perform at a high level. Yeah, I mean, look, my gut instinct is still that Hextall is not going to want to go with Carter Hart with the Flyers to start the season. Unless, like, I mean, unless Elliott plays again in one of these preseason games and just looks horrible again. And, and I just don't see how you can go into the season with Anthony Stolarz starting. If, if Elliott looks horrible and you don't want to start him, you can't go with Stolarz. you got to get someone else or you got to go with Carter Hart. And, like, I get it. They don't want him to start the season with the team. I mean, we don't know that for sure. Look, maybe Ron Hextall has already decided that Hart is going to start the season with the team, but the fact that the goalies tonight were Elliott, who's played the whole game so far, and Stolarz makes me think that they are leaning towards having Hart start the season in the AHL. But, you know, look, they have a couple bad games at the beginning of the season. The goaltending's horrible. A lot can change quickly, especially if Carter Hart's playing well in the AHL. So we'll see, but you're absolutely right that in the NHL, you get back, you get down to the last games of the season, and every single point matters. And so it's it's easy to kind of like shake off a few losses at the beginning of the season, and say, hey, you know what, this is not a big deal. Beginning of the season, plenty of time left, but those points end up really mattering uh, at the end of the season. So that you guys, they want you want them to get off to a good start. And look, goaltending has not been the only issue tonight. I mean, the turnovers have been horrible. I mean, every single defenseman except for. Provorov and Ghost have, have made horrible turnovers tonight. Here we go on a two-on-one with Raffle, and up oh, they score. Dale Weiss just put one in the net. <laughs> <laughs> nice little two-on-one from Raffle and Weiss to uh, wow. get the Flyers on the board. But look, they, they've had a lot more problems than, than just the goaltending tonight. I'm not concerned about the offense, though, at all. I mean, that's one of those things that will come along. It's it's mainly the goaltending, and you know we'll see what the uh, 
how they come out with the defenseman. We, we can get into that too a little bit. You know, I just Phil Myers made a pretty bad turnover uh, about five minutes ago, but I just still think he's better than some of the other guys that are going to be on this team. Yeah, I mean, look, I, to me, it, it was really upsetting and just dis- disconcerting when before the game you see Andrew McDonald, who apparently is two weeks ahead of schedule and already back on the ice playing in a game now um, because Phil Myers has played so good this preseason and he really thought that he had a really good shot at making this team on the opening night roster because in large part to the injury to McDonald and now he's back about two weeks earlier than they expected him to be and there's just such a there's such a cluster of defensemen at this point I mean you obviously know you're the guys that are definitely going to be there goes Provorov uh, you know, McDonald's not going to go anywhere. Gudis isn't going to go anywhere. So then you get into your bottom, you know, your bottom pair, and you're just kind of looking at all these names. You know, Sanheim was skating today. You still have Haig, uh, Christian Foline that they signed in the offseason, and now Phil Myers. There's so many guys that there's only two spots available. And, look, I, I obviously everybody loves a guy like Robert Haig. You know, we were all really excited when he came up last, you know, last season. Travis Sanheim, another one when he gets healthy. But to me, Phil Myers has outplayed all of those guys. And if for him not to make the team, if he ha- if he ends up starting the season with the Phantoms, I think it's going to be such a travesty, and it's it's going to be so uh, it's just going to be so disappointing for a guy that literally went out there and had the biggest opportunity of his life and of his professional career to this point. And he did everything he possibly could. He did everything correct for the most part. And for him to do all that to him, for him to play as well as he has, if they start him with the Phantoms, I just think you're you're sending the wrong message to the younger guys on this team. And I don't know who you know. I'm not going to sit here and tell you which guy they should or should not pick him over. But I think he's outplayed enough of them to where it's not. It's to me he he should just be cemented on this team and you should be trying to deal with that last spot with the guys that are left over but to Phil Myers has played some of the best hockey of any flyer in this preseason and in camp and he needs to be on the opening night roster and if he's not it's gonna suck it's gonna it's gonna really piss me and probably a lot of other people off if he's not on the team well, you are the president of the Phil Myers fan club, so True. I can understand your outrage at the situation. I was thinking that maybe you had broken your wrist by, you know, banging it against the wall when learning that Myers might not make the team when you heard that AMAC was, was coming back to the lineup a little bit early. But, um, you know, it's such a, it's a difficult situation because Myers has been really good so far this preseason. I mean, he's look, he's had his blips, he's had some bad turnovers, uh, but he's basically, he's They've played him in almost every game, right? They're they're uh, they played what like three games in four days, four games in five days, and Myers was in like eighty percent of those games. So, you know, he's he's got some excuses to make some mistakes because he's getting a lot more ice time than some of the other defensemen. And Robert Haig was horrible in his first game, but that's one of the problems with you have these established veterans who are basically guaranteed spots. And Andrew McDonald, who by the way probably had his best year as a flyer last year. Um, you know, he gets injured early in camp, and we think he's going to miss the first few weeks of the season. And at that point, you're thinking, okay, Phil Myers has a great shot to make the team. Well, they all they talked tonight about how 
uh, quick of a healer Andrew McDonald is. So McDonald was back in the lineup tonight for the preseason game doing his normal turnover tricks. Now, look, he's coming off an injury. I'm not expecting him to be in midseason form, and I still think he'll probably be a, you know, passable defenseman. But you look at him, you look at Radko Gudis, who was very good a couple of years ago, but last year had that long suspension for trying to uh, execute someone with his stick. And when he came back, he was horrible. He was t- he was probably the Flyers' worst player in the playoffs against the Penguins, was Gudis. Who knows how he's going to be, because he we haven't really seen him much this preseason. So you've got McDonald, you've got Gudis, and then you've got Robert Haig, who just quite simply is not as talented as Phil Myers. So you've got half of your defensemen who are probably going to be in the starting lineup who are just not as good or talented as Phil Myers and probably won't be able to help this team as much as Phil Myers will. And, you know, Claude Drew just scored. Flyers on the power play took them nine seconds. Very impressive. Their power plays in midseason form. Yeah, um, look good. But but so anyway, you've got half of the defensemen on this team who aren't as good as Phil Myers. And just because of the situation, Myers is probably going to get sent back to Lehigh Valley to start the season with the Phantoms. I do believe that it if when there's an injury to one of the Flyers' top six, I think that instead of inserting Christian Fullen into the lineup, I would not be shocked if they do call up Phil Myers at that point. So I think we're going to see him this season, and when he gets a lineup spot, I think he'll stick. But, um, you know, it's it's definitely... And again, just like with Carter Hart, we don't know what Ron Hexel's going to do. Maybe he's got some tricks up his sleeve. Maybe Radko Gudis isn't going to start the season as one of the top six. I don't know. But it it seems like, you know, Hart and Myers aren't going to be on the team to start the season. And, and you're talking about guys that would make this team better, most likely. I'm more, I'm more confident that Phil Myers uh, would do it than Carter Hart. Because, again, you don't know about the regular season starts and you've got a 20-year-old goalie who knows what's going to happen. He has been our best goalie in, in preseason. But, look, preseason is different than the pace of, of the regular season. But Phil Myers, from what I've seen, I'm 100% confident that he would be one of our top six defensemen. And uh, he's, he's probably not going to get a chance for it right off the bat. Hopefully uh, hopefully he's up soon. But it is, it's one of those things where, you know, you it's the same thing with the fourth line battle. Like, we'll see what Hextall does uh, in terms of Dale Weiss and Yori Letera. We can talk about that next. Um and what's going on with the fourth line. But it's just another one of those things where they seem to be going with veterans where there's better rookies to potentially take their spot. Yeah, I mean, to me, to me, it's sending a bad message to the younger guys on your team and even to the older guys on your team. You know, these players aren't dumb. They're not going to come out and say it, but they know which players give them a better chance of winning games. Phil Myers obviously does that. Carter Hart may or may not do that. I think Carter Hart is a better option than Anthony Solars, even if we're just talking about a backup role, if that's how the season's going to start. So I think you're just sending a bad message to your team and to your fans saying that, yeah, these guys are better, but because, you know, we're a little strapped with these uh, veteran guys, you know, there's not much we could do about it. Um, it, it just sucks. It's, it's, it's a shitty situation, but, you know – Based on how things have gone in the past with some of the injury history to some of these guys, and you know, you mentioned Gudas and his suspension history. You know, you can almost chalk that up as as a guarantee that he's going to miss some games due to a suspension at some point this season, whether it's warranted or not. He's just he's built that name for himself in the league. Uh, so Myers will probably be up here 
sooner rather than later. But it, it, it you know, it just sucks that it's it's not going to be to start the season more than likely, you know, just based on a numbers game. So, but you mentioned the fourth line. One thing I wanted to get into before we get into the fourth line is the third line, and the third line center has been a lot, you know, on the minds of a lot of people this, you know, training camp and preseason. The names that people have kind of singled out from everyone else, you know, ahead of the pack. One's Morgan Frost and, you know, stuff like that got sent back to their junior team. It's Mikhail Vorobiev, Jordan Wheel, and Scott Lawton. Uh, Mikhail Vorobiev, as I've gotten into calling him Mikey, Mikey Vorobiev has played phenomenal. The Flyers are giving him every opportunity they possibly can to perform well. They had him on the top line tonight with Giroux and Konechny. They've had him on the top power play line at times during the preseason. So they're giving him every single opportunity they can to perform well. And for the most part, he's answered the call. He hasn't, you know, he's had some, you know, some mistakes that you're going to see out of a young guy. But to me, he is, he's another lock to make this team. And again, it could be, if he doesn't, it could be just another numbers game because of the, the, the garbage veterans that they have on this team. But to me, if you're asking me, if I'm making the lineup, I'm putting Mikey Vorobiev as your third-line center because he's played that good, and that's a pretty vicious third line when you're when you're putting a guy with his skill set bo- on both ends of the ice, in the offensive and defensive zone, and then, of course, you're going to have um, Wayne Simmons flanking him who brings a different dynamic of, of, of play. You know, he's that, that grinder in front of the net guy. That That's a nice compliment for a guy like Vorobiev who has a better shot on him and can generate some shots and some rebounds for Simmons to collect and get goals that way. So I, I, I don't know where you stand on this. I know you've talked about Vorobiev a lot in the past. You like Lawton as well. Who to you stands out as the leader for that third line job? So, and by the way, Travis Konechny just scored a real nice goal on a great pass from Giroux. And all of a sudden the Flyers are comeback uh, only, season. Yeah. It's four to three now. Flyers They're are coming, coming back. back. But, so this is a situation where, unlike with Carter Hart and Phil Myers, I am fairly confident that the youngster, in this case, uh, Mikhail, or actually his Russian nickname is Misha. So he's, yeah, I saw he that. wants to be called Misha. So I'm fairly confident that the 21-year-old uh, Russian center, Misha Vorobiev, is going to be on the Flyers and will probably be the third-line center. And he's... For anyone that, that wants to read in depth about him, go to my uh, you know my top 20 prospects at phillyisflyer.com. And I had him, I pretty much had him higher than any other prospect raider out there. I loved Vorobia for a while. He's a big, strong Russian center. He's 6'2", 200. Uh, he's great defensively. He's a phenomenal passer. He's, he's, I'd say he's already one of the best passers on the team if he makes the Flyers. He could be a little more aggressive with his shot, but he scored a really nice goal this preseason with a great shot. He's really got the the whole package. I mean, he's not a he's not a real fast skater, but he's a good skater. And he uh, a couple years ago he actually led the World Junior Championships in assists. He had ten assists in seven games, and that's a tournament where you're playing against the best young players in the world. And some other guys that have led that tournament in assists are. Um, Jesse Puyarvi, who's a good prospect for Edmonton. Uh, Connor McDavid, who's one of the best players in the world, if not the best. Tuvo Teravainen, who's a very good player. Um, so there's, you know, he, he's he got a great pedigree. 
Uh, he's He's got a great performance. Last year with the Phantoms, he scored 29 points in 58 games. It was a pretty good first season for Vorobiev uh, playing against professionals in the United States, adjusting to that smaller ice surface. They play on a bigger rink overseas in Russia. And he's blown the doors off in, in camp. And that there was a battle. The third-line center, the Flyers didn't sign anyone to fill that role in the offseason. And so the battle, everyone presumed, was going to be between Jordan Wheel, who really hasn't done a whole lot as a Flyer other than the, the latter parts of the 2016-2017 season where he was one of the better players on the team. But he was a big disappointment last year. And Scott Lawton, who you know I, I think could have been a good candidate for third-line center, but late last year, Dave Haxall moved him to the wing, and he's been playing mainly the wing this preseason. So I think he's going to end up as a wing. Uh, and, you know, Wheel has not been great. So I, I think that Mikhail Vorobiev has pretty much won that third-line center job. I think he's going to be uh, playing with Oscar Lindblom on his left and Wayne Simmons on his right. And I think that, uh, you know, in that case, we are going to get one of the youngsters is going to make the team. So I think that the third line is going to be Lindblom, Vorobiev, and Wayne Simmons. And that should be a pretty good third line. I mean, the, the, the possibilities that the Flyers have offensively this season are very exciting when you look at those top three lines. And, you know, there's going to be some skill even on the fourth line, but they're, at, at any given moment, they're going to throw a line at you that has the ability, to, you know, to score a high volume of goals. I mean, do you look at their first three lines? They'll have Giroux on the first. They'll have uh, JVR on the second. Simmons on the third. And these are all 30-goal scores in the NHL at some point in the last three seasons. So their ability to put the puck in the net does not concern me in the slightest. I think they will be able to do it with relative ease on most nights because of the depth that they finally have. You know, and last season was a little tougher because Patrick was a rookie. Connecting was in his second season. You had Lindblom that came up midway through the season. And now all those guys have experience in the league. I expect big things out of Patrick this season because he finally had a healthy offseason to, you know, get his body right, get his body in shape fully to work on his game. Um, when I was down there at training camp, it was the first day. He was part of that second group, and he already looked very comfortable in his own skin as a player in the NHL. And it, like I saw a lot of young guys coming to him. You know, he was helping those guys out and kind of showing them the way. So that's good to see from a second-year guy already that comfortable to kind of take control of things a little bit and show the other guys the ropes. And, you know, Konechny, I love Travis Konechny. A lot of people do. I think he is such a dynamic player on the top line if – Dave Haxall so chooses to leave him there, which he, you know, he had him there at times last year. We saw how good that line was. And then for reasons nobody really understands, he broke up the line. And that was kind of the end of that. So the, the, what the Flyers can throw at teams every night with their top three lines is it's 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 a big deal. It's 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 enough to keep coaches and goalies up at night. And again, the problem with the team is not the offense. It is the goaltending, but this offense is so good that they will have the ability to outscore teams most nights, and they're going to have to because their goaltending is going to be that bad that they're going to have to outplay their goaltenders on a lot of nights during the weeks of the season. And I think 
that they should be able to do that. They're going, you know, every season is the same. They're going to hit lulls. They're going to hit the highs. But I think for the most part, there's going to be a lot more highs with this offense in terms of scoring regularly. I think they're going to have a lot of depth goal scoring this season. It's not going to be just a couple guys that are going to get most of them. I think they're going to have a lot of 20 goal scorers. I proceed like conceivably you can make an argument to where they could have three to five 30 goal scorers based on progression of some players and past experience of other players so I expect really big things from the Flyers offense Vorobiev plugged into that third line center spot I think is huge now he can grow his game even more he's going to be flanked by two very good players in their own right in Simmons and in Lindblom, and that's going to be an exciting line to see because they're going to be going up against other teams' third lines, and for the most part, more often than not, those third lines are not going to be as good as what the Flyers are throwing out there. So big things are coming from the offense, and they're going to need to be if this team is going to make a decent run in the playoffs, which we expect them to. I think everybody at this point has them as a playoff team. I fully expect them to make the second round, and this offense is going to be so instrumental in getting them there. And once you get there, anything can happen. But I think right now I see the Flyers as a second-round playoff team. Um, you know, hopefully the goaltending can outdo our expectations. I don't see that coming, but I guess anything's possible at this point. Yeah, I mean, Elliot's looked a little better as this game has gone on. Again, he's... You know, he's coming off surgeries, trying to shake some rust off. He's just got to get there pretty quickly. But, yeah, no, the offense is uh, the offense is the least of our concerns. I mean, you've got – I still have a – I'm still a little bit concerned that they might put Konechny on the third line and put Simmons on the first line, but, but we'll see. Um, either way, if you're going to go with the first line of Giroux, Couturier, and Konechny, a second line of Van Riemsdyk, Patrick – and Voracek. Those are two really good lines. Although, let me say this. I am still not... We talked about this over the summer when Sean Couturier was injured. We talked about how I do not trust injury reports. I mean, Couturier was, came back, he was skating during camp, and then he left during practice a couple days ago with a trainer, and they said, oh, he's just feeling a little sore. Um, you know, look, I they're, right now they're saying that Couturier, whose knee is a little sore, and Travis Sanheim, who injured his shoulder in a preseason game. There's, you know, both those guys and Simmons are on track for the start of the season. I mean, you, you kind of have to believe them at this point, but I am, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't still a little bit concerned about Sean Couturier's knee. And we'll see how Wayne Simmons comes back from his injury. It sounds like Sanheim is okay based on an interview I saw today, but I am still concerned a little bit about Couturier. We'll see what happens. But I, you know, I'm, I don't know. He's, he's had a lot of knee problems in the past. So hopefully, hopefully he is fine. But, uh, but yeah, I'm not really concerned about this team's offense. And, you know, Shane Gossespierre and Ivan Provorov look unbelievable yeah. out there. And it's just the preseason. Yep. But those guys look midseason form. They're going to be monstrous all season. So it, it does, you know, it just, it comes down to goaltending and injuries for the most part. And we'll see what the new mascot can bring. <laughs> Yeah, to bring up the mascot. Come on, give Gritty some love. No, no, he gets none from me. Look, I'm not one of these people that say that hockey's not a mascot sport. I think all sports are a mascot sport, but the Flyers shit the bed with this 
with their newest edition of a mascot. Obviously, they haven't had one since the 70s with Slapshot. That one was better than the when what they came up with, their creative team. Whoever's in charge of this, whoever was in charge of creating this creature, this object, completely shit the bed as far as I'm concerned. I think it's... So a, let, go ahead. No, I was going to say, so let's talk about it a little bit. So the Flyers, starting last week, they started posting videos on Twitter that... I guess the people doing construction for all the uh, the new stuff going on at the Wells Fargo Center, they've mm-hmm. come across some kind of like secret lair that was yeah. being inhabited by some sort of creature. And at that point, everyone's like, oh, my God, the Here Flyers go. are going to announce a logo. And as you mentioned, their last logo was Slapshot in 1976. Slapshot predates both of us. Nice. Um, and so Slapshot was going to be the logo or the uh, Slapshot was the, the mascot, and now they are announcing a new one. So today they unveiled it. I think at the – is it the – Please Touch uh, Museum. Please Touch Museum, yeah. So yeah. at the Please Touch Museum, they unveiled a new mascot. Flyers just lost, by the way, 4-3. to three. Good little comeback. But anyway, um, and they bring this mascot out, and everyone on Twitter is just like, we don't need a mascot. This is bullshit, blah, blah, blah. They bring this mascot out, and it looks like – I don't know if you've seen the movie The Babadook, which no. is – Oh my god! If you like scary movies, you got to watch this movie, The Babadook. It's one of the scariest movies that you'll ever see. And okay. The Babadook looks just like Grim. So, it you know, there's so many. The Babadook uh, is a you know a scary character. Grim looks just like him. He also kind of just looks like a coked out Muppet, sort yeah. of. Um, <laughs> he just looks insane. He's got those googly eyes. And I was a little indifferent, and then the, the Penguins tweet happened, right? So, was it the, today? The uh, I'll, I'll, you know, I want to find the exact tweet. I want to give Gritty his due because this was a very funny tweet today. So, the Penguins, uh, Gritty, who's now on Twitter at Gritty NHL, tweeted out it me and with a little photo of himself, and the Penguins responded LOL okay. At which point Gritty responds, "Sleep with one eye open tonight, bird." And has a, a gif of him giving one of his you know, like crazy looks. And uh, at that point, I think a lot of people gain a lot of respect for Gritty. I mean, he's, he's a little bit, he's got an edge to him. I mean, he's threatening to kill the Penguins mascot, you know? So at that point, I'm like, you know what? Maybe I can get on board with this this mascot a little bit. And then there, during the game tonight, he took a tumble on his ass. Oh, my God. But it didn't phase him. He, uh, during the uh, shooting the sh- T-shirts, there was someone out on the ice helping out. Gritty shot the guy in the back with a T-shirt. Like he's he's got some real edge. So I'm uh, if I think he could maybe come in and and you know skate on the fourth line. And I I don't know. I'm uh, I'm warming up to Gritty a little bit. I think you need to give him another shot, Mark. Um, no, I'm not going to. I think it's just I, I think it's just an immature reach by the Flyers. I think it's a, the design's stupid. The name is stupid. Um, they they kind of like try to bite off the fanatic a little bit with with the belly, and he comes out and he rolls it around and ha ha ha. I guess, I guess that's something. But I don't know. I look. I don't have a problem with a mascot. A mascot's one thing, but I just don't like the design, the costume of this particular mascot. Now he's falling around on the ice during intermissions and things like that. It's just to me, it's a bad look. And maybe I'm being a curmudgeon and a get off my lawn type guy. Okay, so be it. I mean, when it comes down to it, I'm not going to care one way or another about Gritty, but I don't think it was... See, here's my thing. 
I think what they needed to do is bring back a flex-type mascot like the Phantoms used to have. And I didn't under I didn't know for the longest time that Flex wasn't the Phantoms mascot anymore. Now it's like a dog. I don't know what I don't know what made them get rid of that, but you know, I guess every look, a mascot is it's geared towards the children. This I thing that this the Flyers one. came out with, it's going to terrify the children. But, you know, I it, terrify the children. I'm terrified. Yeah. Like I mean, come on. So actually you'd mentioned, you know, what marketing team came up with it. So it was uh the the Philly Fanatic, the first guy who wore the Philly Fanatic outfit and did such a good job, when he stopped being the Fanatic, he started a marketing firm. And I think that firm was the one that consulted the Flyers on Gritty. So I think basically the Philly Fanatic, for all intents and purposes, created Gritty. Okay. Does that make you feel any better about it? Oh, it does, because the Fanatic is the best mascot in sports. Oh, yeah. So... You know, maybe at a Phillies game, they bring out Gritty. He, you know, joins the Galapagos gang, you know, the Fanatic and his boys. But, you know, maybe it'll grow on me. Right now, I'm, I'm just in a bad mood today. I got I got the bum wrist. You know, the Flyers are playing like shit. And, you know, so I, I, I kind of took it out on Gritty a little bit. But Are you on meds, by the way? No, no. Not into that. They didn't give you that. any meds? They didn't even ask, which I thought was bizarre, because that's usually like the first thing they want to do when there's a broken bone situation is pump you full of meds. Yeah, oh, yeah, you, uh, you got screwed. Yeah, I mean, not that we want to advocate for you know people with the opiates, and but you know, look, when I had my wisdom teeth out, they gave me some uh, oxycontin. That stuff was incredible. I still remember one day in college where I was. I had a class, like an early morning class, and I was I was really sick. I had the flu or something. I don't know. And I had to be in the class, and I took one of those oxycontins that I'd left over for my wisdom tooth surgery. Oh my god, I was feeling no pain whatsoever. I can totally see how people get addicted to those things. Oh yeah, I mean, I had a uh, I had a, a surgery done once, and the stuff they give you before they wheel you in is like apparently it's like. The high is similar to that of heroin, and as soon as that hit my bloodstream, I I said to myself, I'm like, okay, I get it. I I get why people do it now, because this feels pretty awesome. But now I stay away from from the uh, from the painkillers whenever you know whenever I can, because you know I don't want to be caught up in, in that in that disaster. So, um, the uh, we should talk about uh, well, okay, so the fourth one. Right? right, so we we've right. talked about the third line. So the fourth line is really interesting because there's, I feel like there's a bunch of spots that are open right now. I mean, some of the players you've got battling for that fourth line are um, Yori Laterra and Dale Weiss, everyone's two favorite veterans on bad contracts. You've got Taylor Lear, who I just think is not a very valuable hockey player whatsoever. You've got Michael Raffle, who's in the last year of a contract. I think he's one of the better players that would be on the fourth line. You've got Scott Lawton, who I think at this point is probably a lock to make this team and yeah. play on the fourth line, I would think. Um, you've got Nicholas Albe Kubel, who's still in camp and he's he's been getting a long look. You've got um, Carson Twarensky, who's in camp, but did not play tonight, so he's probably going back down. He's a, but he's, he's a young kid. His first pro year is at a really good camp. Um, who am I? Oh, you've got Corbin Knight, who's a former North Dakota player, which is where Dave Haxtell coached, and he's basically should not be in the NHL, but he looks like as a defensive fourth line forward. Dave Haxtell's giving him a long look. Good PK are, guy. 
Yeah, good P- PK guy. But still, I think we want to move away from having guys like that on the fourth line. You got uh, Jordan yeah. Wheel, obviously, uh, who was battling for the third line center and may still be in the mix. Um, but that's a lot of guys. I mean, I like right now, if we are going to have Lindblom, Vorobiev, and Simmons as a third line, I would probably go with a line where you've got Michael Raffle, Scott Lawton, and Jordan Wheel. That's probably what I would be looking at. But it's it's going to be that's a really tough decision to see what the Flyers are going to do there. I think I just hate that the last few years on the fourth line they've been purely defensive players, and that's where like a guy like Corbin Knight or Yuri Laterra would fit that mold. But I'd rather go with a guy who could maybe supply some offense, like Wheel, put him at center, put Lawton in the wing if you're going to do that. And um, I mean, I, I'd prefer Lawton at center, but it doesn't look like they're going to do that. So I'd probably go with something like Raffle, Wheel, and Lawton. If, if I was going to construct the fourth line right now, I, I do like Albie Kubel a lot, but I think he's probably going to start the season in the AHL. I don't know how big the Flyers are on Jordan Wheel at this point. I mean, they've given him so many chances, not only in this preseason, but just overall. Like you said earlier, last season was such a disappointment. I was really adamant about the wanting the Flyers to sign him last offseason, and he just completely underperformed all last season and I don't know maybe that soured on the Flyers a little bit we know that there's the favorites of Dave Haxtell, Dale Weiss and Yuri Laterra uh, you know you kind of run into some contractual issues with those guys I mean I guess you could just put them on waivers and more than likely they would clear and go down to the AHL I, I just don't I don't to me the way the Flyers have done things, you know, the last couple seasons, I can't imagine that one of those guys won't be on that fourth line. I like the fourth line you came up with. I still think that Jordan Wheel is a guy that has a lot of value. He has, we've seen it in the past, he has the ability to be a generating force of offense. And maybe playing on the fourth line where not a lot is expected of him would be good for him to just kind of, you know, grow into his own and just be a dominant fourth-line player at this point. That's probably what he really just is in the in the NHL at this point. But, you know, to me, I, 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 that fourth line to me is just – I don't expect much from it because I, I think we're going to see Weiss or Laterra on there. Um, you know, Raffle's probably a guy that's going to make it. Lawton's probably they, – they've played Lawton a lot this preseason. They gave him a lot of looks, you know – with some different guys, so I think he's going to be there too. So it really just comes down to that third spot on the fourth line. Um, you know, who knows what they do? The Fly- See, that's the thing. There's really no way to pinpoint what the Flyers are thinking at any given time because when you think they're looking one way at a situation, then they come out of left field and do something completely different and completely unexpected. So they could have the line that you're saying with Wheel, Lawton, and Raffle, but if – the way I read it, I can't. I don't see them not having Laterra or Weiss on that fourth line. They, for whatever reason, they love those guys. Uh, maybe a lot of it is, you know, what they're paying them, and you know how many years are left on their contracts and things like that. But you know, the, to me, the fourth line, it's not a huge deal for the Flyers because their top three lines are so good. And on most nights, you probably won't see much of the fourth line unless it's, you know, they're out ahead a lot and you're just resting guys or something like that. But yeah, I mean, what we've, we've been really lucky this preseason. We've seen so much good competition from 
all these fringe players that are trying to make uh, a statement for themselves to make this roster. So that it's been an exciting preseason from that aspect. You're seeing so many guys, so many young guys, older guys that are really playing their asses off game in and game out and trying to do everything they can to make the team. But I think at this point, you know, with things winding down, there's two games left. You're going to start to really see, you know, the guys that are not really going to get the serious looks, you know, they're going to start to get phased out and they're, over the next couple of games, you should start to see what that starting lineup is going to look like when they open up the season in Vegas. Um, you know, again, I don't expect much from the fourth line. I would love the fourth line you're talking about, but to me, I'm, I'm still expecting Weiss and or Laterra to be playing on that fourth line come opening night. Yeah, I don't know. Again, there's only two preseason games left. I think uh, maybe there's one Thursday and then one over the weekend. Mm -hmm. So it's and then the season starts the week after that. So it's getting down to the nitty gritty. I I believe from what I've heard, the Flyers are going to make a number of cuts tomorrow. Okay. So that's something to watch. I think they'll probably get down to to most of what's going to be on the roster tomorrow, and you know we'll go from there. But yeah, I'm just crossing my fingers that that neither Weiss nor Laterra or on that opening night uh, roster. But, you know, we'll see. Or at least in the, the starting, you know, the, the, the 12 players. And they're fine as 13, 14 forwards, but um, I don't know. We will, we shall see. Um, you know, some of the some of the guys that we talked about as potentially making the team that have already been sent back, Morgan Frost was a guy who, look, we talked about Morgan Frost over the summer. I didn't think he looked great at the world junior championship summer showcase. I was maligned a little bit on Twitter for saying that because people were saying it was a small sample size, but I just, I didn't think he played with much um, aggression or confidence. And that's the exact same way that he played in training camp. I mean, he showed glimpses. The only glimpses that Morgan Frost showed during preseason were in the rookie game on the power play where when he had room to operate, any of the puck he looked very good but other than that he just looked kind of tentative and, and he just still looked like a player who was a little overwhelmed by the situation so you know i i think that uh, it was the right decision to send morgan frost back he's already put up uh, a couple points in his first few games for sue saint marie he's going to be relied on a lot more than he was last year for that team just because they lost a couple really good players um in boris kachuk and taylor radish but um you know, Frost going back, so that took him out of the equation. And, um, you know, that was the main guy that people talked about as, as a potential other rookie. And obviously, he was not uh, not not going to make it with his play. But hopefully next year, he'll, he'll force his way on. And Isaac Ratcliffe, you know, with big winger, uh, taking the same draft as Frost in the second round. He looked, he looked okay. But again, sort of like Frost, he looked a little out of place and, and not confident, which goes to show you what a year of experience in the professional league like uh, Mikhail Vorobiev had can do for a player because Vorobiev has just looked great. So, um, you know, but I think, yeah, I mean, I think we've covered most of what we're looking for with the roster right now. We just got to see how it shakes out the rest of the week and see if they do anything with the goaltenders. Yeah, more than likely, our next episode will be um, finally being able to break down the roster and it will I expect a good amount of bitching from from us. I, I expect to be disappointed in some situations. I expect to be surprised and pleasantly surprised in others. I think, you know, after seeing tonight's game and, you know, maybe 
and I'm sure it'll be mentioned in the post-game stuff with Hackstall, the way that Elliot kind of bounced back as the game went on, I'm sure will just be the saving grace of why, you know, there's no reason to be concerned as far as the goalie situation. That's a load of, you know, crap. But, you know, that's what they're going to spin it. And, Elliot's going to be your starter. It's just about what you want to do for your backup. But I think, you know, it's probably going to be Stolarz and Elliot. But I think there is an outside chance that they just say, you know, I don't th- – that's not good enough. Carter Hart has played good enough. Let's put him in there. I think that's one of the surprises we could see, but m- maybe not. Um you know, we mentioned Phil Myers. I think that he's kind of gotten phased out of the roster because of the return of McDonald and just the sheer numbers game that's going on at the defensive position, especially when you're looking at those, you know, that bottom pair. So, I mean, it, it's going to be fun finally next week when we get to just dive into the actual season. It's been a long summer for me and you. We've done a lot of stuff on the prospects. People obviously love the prospect talk, but I. To me, as much as I love hearing you talk about the prospects and break down guys that I don't have a chance to see that you do, to me, the best part is just breaking down the actual Flyers team, the game in and game out stuff, you know, getting excited when they play well, getting angry and pissed off and yelling when they play poorly. So it's 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 exciting to finally know that we're going to get this season underway in just over a week, you know, like a week and a half. And, you know, it's, we're going to hit the ground running, and it's going to be exciting. And it's I just can't wait. I can't wait. I really can't. I haven't been this excited for a season in a long time and I, because I really expect the Flyers to do something fairly special this season. I expect them to take that next step to where next season we're talking about them as a, as a legit contender to make – you know, a deep run in the playoffs. We're not talking about second rounds anymore. I think next season we're going to really start to say, no, this team has a shot to make a deep run. They could make the finals. And I think this is a season that's so pivotal in taking this team to the next level. The development of Konechny, the development of Patrick, of Lindblom, of the young defensemen, and more importantly than all of that, the professional development of Carter Hart, whether that's in the AHL or later in the season if he gets called up, this is such a big season for the Flyers franchise that it could set them into the next level going into next season, or if things don't go according to plan, it could have them spinning their wheels and trying to piece something else together to get them to where they need to be. Yeah, this is going to be a really exciting season. I mean, we talk about how good their offense is going to be. You get to watch defensemen like Ivan Provorov and Shane Gostisbehere and Travis Sanheim do their thing offensively. Uh, hopefully, we get to see Carter Hart phased in. But um, no, it's it's going to be a very exciting season to follow this team. Absolutely. And uh, you've got some exciting stuff going on with the Phantoms too, correct? Yes, I do. So we set the. Um... The first episode will be recorded October 2nd. That will be my return date from my Nashville vacation over the weekend. So the first episode for Philly. The Philly is Phantoms podcast, of course, brought to you by Philly is Flyer, the great website that we do this for, that Dan writes for, will be the first episode of that. The new podcast will be October 3rd. The Phantoms start later in the week. Um, their season. So it's going to be exciting from that aspect. We have, um, t- oh, I can't, his name escapes me, and I, I'm really embarrassed that it does. Uh, f- 
Ted from Philly is Flyer, who's going to be watching every single Phantoms game this season. And he's going to watch it multiple times and give you guys so many great advanced stats that I know everyone's so big on now. And he's really good at that. He does it for the Flyers, and now he's going to be doing it for the Phantoms. And pretty much writing exclusively about the Phantoms for Phileas Flyers. So I'll have him on as much as he's available during the season. And it's, you know, there's not a lot of blogs out there that are covering the Phantoms and the lower levels of the Flyers farm system. So it's going to be great to kind of be someone in the forefront of this. I'm excited to, you know, kind of really dive into the Phantoms this year and just immerse myself in not only the Flyers, but, you know, now the Phantoms hockey. And it's going to be, it's going to be awesome. And, you know, of course, I'm sure Shul Dan will be in the mix at some point down the line. We're going to have a lot of great guests and things like that. And it all gets started October 3rd. So look for that on Twitter. The links will be out there for the first episode of the Philly is Phantoms podcast. And that's awesome stuff coming from Philly is Flyer this year. Yeah, I'm excited, and that's, uh, I think you were referencing uh, Ted, who's at thatguy11920. Yes. He does a lot of good stuff with advanced stats, and he's going to be tracking the statistics for the Phantoms every single game. He's going to be watching every Phantoms game multiple times. I don't know where he's going to find this time in the day to do this, but you talk about dedication. I mean, that's amazing. He's going to be writing articles for philliasflyer.com about the Phantoms, doing advanced stats on your podcast. So, yeah, I mean, it's, um, it's, it's, I'm excited to, to be able to, to, I, I don't get the chance to follow the Phantoms as closely as I want in terms of watching games. And, and I'm excited just to listen to your guys' podcast and read Ted's articles. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. And, you know, the, the more content we can give the people, the better. And it's going to be a big year for Phileas Flyer. And we've talked about it in, you know, in past episodes that there's going to be a lot of pregame and postgame stuff. Both articles, there's going to be, you know, Facebook, Twitter, uh, live Facebook and live Twitter pre and post game shows, which I know, you know, a few of the other blogs and websites and things like that do. But, you know, we're just trying to dip our toes into literally everything and bring listeners and readers as much content as they could possibly handle. And like I said, it's a big season for the Flyers. It's also a big season for us and taking things to the next level. And we're growing just like the team is growing. And we appreciate so much the support that we've gotten. You know, me and Dan have gotten over the summer with our podcast. The people that read the, you know, the articles on the websites every day and all the views that that gets. We appreciate it so much because we don't get paid for this. We do it because we love the team. We do it just because, you know, it's a hobby and we love doing it. And to actually have people appreciate what you do and look forward to what you do in your spare time that you just do for your enjoyment, it's a pretty incredible thing. So we're going to just, you know, we're going to keep giving it to you guys as much as you could possibly handle. And it's going to be great. I promise you that. Um, so, Dan, I know you came out with your uh, with your recent article on Phileas Flyer. Why don't you talk about that a little bit, give your Twitter plug, where people can find it, and stuff like that. Yeah, so I just did uh, my annual Flyer State of the Union. Uh, last year I did it in, I think I did it last year in May. And this year it was just a crazy summer, a lot going on. So I wasn't able to get to it until uh, last week. But I put it together. It's a lot of words, a lot of uh, the, the, the part that I was the most excited about doing was looking at the salary cap moving forward for the Flyers for the next three years. And I was very excited to find out that even factoring in contract extensions for Provorov, Konechny, Patrick, Vorobiev, Sanheim, Myers, 
um, that they're still going to have plenty of cap space. And so that's a component of my article. I, I looked at what the cap would look like the next three years. It's uh, So check it out. It's, uh, it's my Flyer State of the Union. It's available at phileasflyer.com. That's uh, www.phileasflyer.com. And uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can do so. I'm at dsilver88. The 88 is for Eric Lindros. So give me a follow. And, uh, yeah, I'm Mark, I'm really excited to, uh, to get the season going and, and, and bring our, our wonderful listeners some, uh, some content during the season. Absolutely. Um, of course, as for me, you can follow me on Twitter. At Mark Flagman with two ends, you can follow this show at underscore getting bullied. I also, uh, coming up this season, will be dipping my toe into the writing realm of Phileas Flyer. I did my first article, and I'm, I don't, I've just been delaying, you know, getting it up. Some internal glitch that I'm trying to get worked out on my computer, but that'll be coming soon. Um, I'm excited about that as well. So you can obviously check that out on Phileas Flyer when it's up. The links will be on Twitter. The podcast coming. So next week is um, a big episode here for us. We're going to be diving into the opening night roster for your 2018-2019 Philadelphia Flyers. Um, All the surprises and all the disappointments that will come along with that. It's going to be a huge week next week for Philly's Flyer. A lot of great articles. The Getting Bullied podcast. The... Philly is Phantoms podcast. A lot of great stuff coming, so stay tuned for all of it. And until that, until next week, have a great life, and let's go, Flyers.